there's a lot of people that do it successfully and are amazing and get to work on projects that they love and dream clients and get momentum and just really take off and do, do some amazing work. And a lot of friends that I'm really proud of have done that successfully. But then on the other side, once you make that leap, you're putting yourself in a, in a little bit of a risk that you need to also consider, be rational about what that's gonna mean for you and for your living situation. Oscar Nelson is a Swedish director and photographer based in San Francisco. You can find him on Instagram at Oscar Was Taken. He's developed a following as an adventure photographer and is the founder of the Art Rangers, where 100% of print proceeds go directly to the National Park Foundation. He leads workshops for photographers across California and is sponsored by Sony Alpha. We met up in an editing suite in San Francisco to record this conversation. You're listening to This Guy's Legit. Thank you so much for hanging out with me and agreeing to be a guest. I'm so excited to talk with you. Of course, I'm excited to be here. So I want to hear about your last 24 hours. What have you been up to? What have you been doing? What have you been working on? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the past 24 hours... Uh, I woke up in Marfa. I was there for a creative retreat called Yeah Field Trip. Uh, basically, 600 people got together in the desert of Texas to hang out in this little cool arts community of Marfa. And uh, it was amazing. It was four days filled of work, creative workshops, uh, kind of tutorials, some inspirational talks, and a lot of just piece together tools to help inspire people. So a lot of really cool teachers, a lot of really cool attendants in general, and some really cool people out there. What was your favorite part of the experience? I know, you know, I was watching it on the internet as it unfolded. It looked amazing. Um, and I saw like art installations that were so cool. And it sounds like there were a lot of interesting speakers and talks and activities. What was your number one favorite thing? Ooh. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, I mean, I think, yeah, Field Trip is such an amazing community. I've been going, this wasn't my first time, and the way they curate the, the people that come there and everyone who's attending and teaching is just amazing. It's really just set up to be a creative playground for adults in the creative space, which is, is amazing. Uh, this year, what was new was that it, was, it took place in Marfa, and... Uh, that was one of my favorite things, I think, because Marfa is such an interesting place. And I really immersed myself in the art community out there as well. So I went on this little gallery tour and went to all these galleries and got to learn how Marfa came to be, pretty much what it was. And this New York-based artist came out there in the middle of the desert because he wanted more space to uh, showcase his his art and uh, got all these amazing artists to start exhibit in the middle of nowhere, this little ghost town of Marfa and then build up a, a great name in the art scene for it and got more and more artists to immerse themselves into this unknown little place in Texas. And walking around in Marfa now, you can just see how it's so consumed by this art at, at its core, so it's a really interesting place. And is Marfa yeah. the place where there's that like Fendi in the desert 
zone or like well, I don't remember what company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's a Prada store oh, in the desert. Okay, yeah, okay. exactly. Is it actually a store? I thought it was an art installation. So it's an art installation by uh, the ballroom, which is like the modern experimental gallery slash museum that they have out there. So they have that installation. There's also the stone circle they have that's only open during uh, full moon. Uh, there's also the what the New York-based artist started when he moved out there first was the Chinari Foundation, which is one of the more renowned like arts uh, facilities in the, in the nation and has all these amazing artists exhibiting out there and some really cool art pieces. Uh, but yeah, there's there's so much out there. It's, it's really cool. That's awesome. Cool. I need to get out there. I've been to Austin, I've been to Dallas, but I've never been to Marfa. But I've been hearing about it a lot more. It's like, I think it's... it's um, gaining I mean it's always had notoriety since it's become this art scene but I think um, pop culture is starting to take you know everything starts with the small art community the core community and then like the next circle and then the next circle out the next circle out and then eventually we all know about it exactly yeah yeah Yeah. Um, so you started your 24 hours in Marfa (laughs) and like now here we are in San Francisco um, what has that been like? Is that like a culture shock going from such an immersive experience to like coming back to your, I mean, your work is creative, so there's that, but totally. Yeah. So I'm, I'm working, we're actually sitting here in the advertising agency where I'm working in, uh, in the production house, uh, where I work day to day. So back from kind of spending more time focusing on my, my personal work and uh, getting inspired on that front to getting back into client work and commercial based uh, commercial commercial yeah I can't talk no, <laughs> uh, so coming back into commercial work which is my bread and butter uh, what I do mostly so I knew that I had a lot of uh, prod projects that were upcoming so it's been good also coming back into reality and and getting to work further on that and and you probably, yeah, and you probably came back with some new energy and some new inspiration that, of course, you're going to put into your own work and your 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 art, and you're also going to put it into your day day work. Totally. Your bread and butter, as you said. Absolutely. I think that's really cool, too, because I do work with an agency 9 to 5, and I do work on our commercial clients and our roster of, of clients here, but I also have my freelance client roster where I work on personal projects and, and with other uh, clients. And then I also run a nonprofit. Uh, so a little bit of of the things I learned in my personal work, I bring with me to, to the agency and same thing from the agency to my personal work and the nonprofit. So it all kind of goes hand in hand. And uh, I'm lucky that my agency feels the same way. So I can still still do that. I think that's so important for workplaces especially creative ones to encourage their team and their staff and their artists to go out and to do their own thing and to stay inspired and to stay energized because you know if if all you have is your if if all anyone has is their day job they start to it it starts to be a little lackluster you know it's like we need more in our lives than just a nine to five um and i think it's really special that that this agency allows you that space Totally. Yeah, I agree. And that's something that I a lot of times talk to people that are trying to get into a creative field or photography or production specific or whatever it is that you shouldn't treat the 
the medium as the the core of what you're doing you should if you're trying to get into photography you should look at it as a medium and then combine it with the things that you care about and then use that in a way to keep you engaged and keep you passionate about the work you do because a lot of times I feel like people look at production or photography as a certain type of profession and it kind of like clumps everything together but all it is is it's a little box capturing light and whatever you do with that can be so different there's so many different types of photographers so I think it's important to to remember why you got into it in the first place yeah, and yeah. if your passion was in music or food or people and narratives and storytelling before you got into photography then finding a way to combine those whether it's for work or if it's just for your personal work to keep you inspired to kind of like find that balance between the two uh, because otherwise it's easy to just pick put the camera back down and not find your way back to that spark that got you into it in the first place mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we always talk about how it's it's what's in front of the camera that matters you know, yeah. yes, of course, the lenses are important and the camera is important totally. for sure. But at the end of the day, if, if it's like not good in front of the camera, it's not going to be a good photo. Exactly. So what inspires you? Like what, um, what got you into this and what, um, you know, what do you get inspired to make time on your weekends to go out and capture beautiful photos? It's a good question. Um, so something that I would say is the the independently biggest source of inspiration for me has always been the outdoors and nature and that's also what my nonprofit is all based around giving back to uh, but for me personally getting into photography and in the creative field in the first place uh, kind of started with me just exploring my uh, my curiosity in the outdoors and wanting to find ways of capturing that and then that's far from what I do mostly today, but it's what keeps bringing me back into it, uh, I think. And it's changed over the years, but it's it's always something that that sticks to me. Like every time I'm out and go on a camping trip or go climbing outdoors and do anything like that, I come back feeling rejuvenated and ready to uh, to make new stuff. But, but then again, it's like inspiration comes in so different forms. Like it could, could look like anything. It could just come to you in the weirdest ways. Last night, I was at a live concert at one of my favorite venues in Oakland at the Fox Theater. I saw a band called Jungle. And it was amazing. And I was there with the co-founder of my nonprofit. And we just had all these crazy ideas during the show after the shows we spent 45 minutes talking after the show just about all these ideas and epiphanies we had just listening to music and getting into that so I think creative uh any kind of art form or creative form can bring you inspiration if you're kind of open and receptive to it Mm -hmm. 
Totally. That's, that makes so much sense. It's like, you, you know, you want to be around creative people. You want to be where the vibe is right and totally. where, you know, you got to put yourself in that situation, especially if, if you're in a funk. You know, I find that a lot of people when they get into, um, you know, like they, they feel like their art is stale or they feel, you know, down or they're in a depression and then they go, they go inside and they lock their door and they don't go out and they don't see their friends. And that is just this like spiral um, you know, I'm not going to say what anybody who's depressed should do because <laughs> I am not a doctor, but, um, when someone's not, I'll talk about what people should do when they're not feeling inspired. How about that? And I'll say totally. that you're totally right. Like get out with your friends, get in front of some music, like go see an art exhibit, you know, do something that, that, that makes you remember that there are people in the world who, who make stuff and who, who are passionate and who put it all on the line to to make something for to for our pleasure for our enjoyment and for theirs totally yeah so were you always outdoorsy like even as a kid like did you like nature were you a hikester what did you do so i mean i yes and no i mean so i'm from sweden originally and uh i've always been into camping and fishing and being outdoors and went on some trips when i was younger and it was always there was always something in me that was looking for what what wasn't around me. So, like, trying to, like, look into the unknown and find other places to explore. Um, it's definitely become more obvious for me in recent years that it's a necessity for me to, to keep it that way. I'm, I think... Growing up in in Sweden and Gothenburg, where I grew up in the second largest city, it's uh, it it was really cool when we did go outdoors, and we have this uh, this thing called the all man's law in Sweden, which means that you're free to camp anywhere you want. You can set up a tent uh, for free, no restrictions, as long as it's uh, not within I think it's like fifty feet from like a house or something like that. So it's a lot of freedom in the outdoors, but it's not until I moved to California that I uh, just had such diverse nature so close by. Uh, Sweden is amazing and beautiful in Scandinavia and Europe. Everything is so close by there, but I didn't really have the means to explore it in the same way as I do today. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, I try to get out of the city if I can every weekend, but for the most times it's like one to two weekends out of the month where I, where I get out of the city and just immerse myself in nature. Do you feel like when you do that, do you feel like you're getting away and like living for you or do you feel like you're doing it to capture an image? It's a good question. I uh, I think it's a little bit of a combination, but in some senses it's kind of merged together, which I think is fine. I... I'm all about living in the moment, being present, and not worrying about all the digital uh, obstacles that that we face and that kind of stuff. But I've had several times now, I've just realized how much it means to me and how big a a part of experiencing things, uh, taking photos actually is for me. So I uh, definitely... I'm not afraid to leave the camera behind and like like I mentioned like I love climbing and slacklining and hiking and doing a lot of different things 
uh, in the outdoors that where I wouldn't bring my camera necessarily. Uh, but I do really enjoy whether it's just bringing a little film camera and capturing my friends as we're all climbing together or we're out hiking and I just snap a couple of photos just to remember it by. Uh, it's it's a way for me to, uh, to also stay in my element and feel like I'm... Uh, I'm capturing in something to remember by, and it's also become something where uh, it's something that I can gift friends after after the fact as well, and and something for us all to remember the trip by. Uh, but I definitely don't don't like to go if I'm going on a personal trip. I definitely want to find time where it's not all about just chasing the next uh, Instagram photo or anything like that. It's, sure. That's, uh, that was, uh, was a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, so that's, you know, that's something that, that's, that's interesting. You know, I think people have so many things that are pop- popping around in my head <laughs> after what you just said. It's, that was great. And I, I think the first thing that I, the first line, the first tr- trail I want to follow, um, is picking up the camera as a, as a way of, of having, agency in the world like some having something to do um having having a creative outlet wherever you are um and especially in nature um where you're you know you're probably not with your phone and you're probably not with your computer and you're just going out but you have a way to engage with nature that is part of your being you know um i'm not a photographer but i'm somewhere beautiful you better believe i'm taking a photo whether or not it ever sees the light of day i'm going to look back at it um and i'm not going to edit it cuz i don't know how to do that <laughs> but um you know it it makes me feel like i'm engaging with the space that i'm in totally um and i think that that's you know and of course like when you do take a when you take a photo and then you do take the time to edit it it's mind-blowing like I met you before I saw any of your work and like you as a human I was like this guy's amazing (laughs) this guy's legit um and then when I saw your work I was like holy cow like this is the real deal and you have an aesthetic and you have a style and you have a look um that is very unique to you and there are a lot of people who are out there doing outdoor photography and there I think there's space enough for everyone to be pursuing whatever it is that they want to pursue um but I don't know. I just, I like the idea of, of finding your way to engage with the world. And I think it's really beautiful when it's through a lens and through photography. Totally. Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree with that. And I, uh, I also think that since I got into photography a little bit through my passion for the outdoors and nature, it's a way for me to reconnect to that, that feeling and sensation, uh, again, when I'm out outdoors and, and hanging out and it's really nice when I don't have any commercial work to do when I'm traveling and just capturing images for myself. And uh, Do you do partnerships where you go out to capture content for a specific purpose, like sponsored or... Totally, or yeah. Device? I mean, I, uh, I try to stay away from this. It's a whole different conversation, but I, uh, since I'm working more as a commercial photographer and director, uh, I, I do some social media digital partnerships here and there, but I, I try to market myself more as a, as a, 
I don't know what word to use, but as a photographer, yeah, as a commercial photographer yeah. or director through your agency, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but I do here and there work on partnerships. I have some, like I mentioned, some freelance clients that I work with. So now I went to Patagonia for three weeks over there in uh, December, and uh, I was able to to work in a shoot for a for a shoe brand I've been working with for the past three years. So. I found what ways. Shoe brand? All birds. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, so they're they're a great client of mine. Been working with them closely yeah. and uh, gonna continue to do so uh, a little bit more this year. As uh, and they're amazing. They're all about that. They're a great example of a partnership that holistically feel just feels right. Yeah. They're also now getting involved with my nonprofit and helping us launch something cool together on that front. And they, they're all about sustainability and care about the outdoors and trying to, to make a positive impact both uh, externally, but also internally, mm. which is, which is really cool. And uh, yeah, so they're a great client to work with. Um, so yeah, when I went to Patagonia, I was able to, uh, to capture some uh, some videos for them out there, which was amazing because I still felt productive and doing things when I took three three weeks off work to to go on a personal outdoors adventure, uh, and obviously financially it was helpful since I fu- uh, f- uh, funded the trips myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it all kind of uh, just worked out that way. Uh, but it all depends. Like I also work with tourism boards. Like I did a shoot in. Uh, Australia together with uh, one of my sponsors Sony and uh, the tourism board of Australia uh, last fall and then work with some other tourism uh, locally and uh, and globally so that's really cool because it's not what I do day to day through the agency but it's allow allows me to professionally merge my passion with photography and and make something that I'm proud of that's awesome yeah I think it's I think it's important for people to hear that you you have multiple sources of income. Like you have your day job, you have your job which is in the same industry and I like you know it's not considered a day job because it's still production. Um, and you also have these other channels where you can make money. And I think that um, you know not everything you do makes money and and presumably it takes a really long time to like of, of hard work and hustle and tagging the right thing, and hashtagging the right thing, and being involved and engaged in the community before brands take notice of you, um, and before, you know, can you tell me a little bit about that journey, and what that was like when you started, and, and totally. how you gained a following? Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's a whole discussion around just kind of like the work balance. I think a lot of people trying to get into production, and photography in particular, are struggling with not finding the time to do so because they have a job that they might not care as much for and it's this whole uh, question of like do I make the leap do I like try become a freelance photographer and like throw myself into this competitive landscape and leave my stability financial stability behind and try live the dream and do that Uh, and I feel like that's a lot of times what people look as the dream to be a freelance photographer, do it full time. And I, I do think about that a lot, but I also would like to challenge that perception. And I do think that there's a lot of people that do it successfully and are amazing and get to work on 
projects that they love and dream clients and get momentum and just really take off and do, do some amazing work. And a lot of friends that I'm really proud of have done that successfully. But then on the other side, it's also once you make that leap, you're putting yourself in a, in a little bit of a risk that you need to also consider, be rational about what that's going to mean for you and for your living situation and, and all of those things. And it depends on the person too. But for me personally, I have a certain type of jobs that I enjoy and a certain type of jobs that I try to stay away from to not get creative fatigue and feel like I'm just working on all these like like for me for example like it's very different with preferences obviously but me like I've never shot a wedding I'm trying to stay away from working with personal clients there's obviously exceptions to that but I don't like to take personal headshots or shoot people for their personal relationships and weddings and that kind of stuff uh, because my dynamic has always been in a professional scenario I have a background as a digital and creative strategist I feel like my main strength is in my my ability to understand brands needs in the in the commercial space and working with commercial clients in that way uh, and now having a nine-to-five knowing that I have a salary every month I can pick and choose the projects that I want to do outside of that so if you look at my portfolio or social media you'll see a certain type of work that I put out there. That's a fraction of the commercial work that I actually end up doing, but it's the kind of work that I wanna get hired to do in my spare time. So if I'm gonna take a job or a weekend or take time off my paying job to go take, take a shoot, I, I want it to, to be valuable to me. Totally. Uh, and I have that, like if, someone hits me up and they can't pay my rate or it's a project that I don't care about or it's a client that I don't feel comfortable working with, it's so easy for me to say no and it gives me all of the leverage because I don't need the money. I don't need to make this work. I don't have to bend over backwards to to please someone if it doesn't feel like a good dynamic. Mm-hmm. And you've so like you've created that sense of freedom for yourself because you have that stability and you have that foundation. And I think that that's a really, I really appreciate you sharing that. And I really think that that's important for people to understand that um, it's, it's, you know, we were talking about yoga before we started recording. It's like one of my teachers always said, you need to create a stable foundation so that you can have ultimate freedom in your pose. It, otherwise your web will wobble all the place and you can't, you can't enjoy it and you're going to injure yourself. And it's the same thing with your career. If you don't have a stable foundation, you're worried about how you're going to f- put food on your table. You're worried about how you're going to pay your rent. How can you be creative when so much of your mental energy is being spent just on just on fulfilling the basics? And I think a lot of people, what they see on the internet and what they hear from people is like a half story. They don't get to see, that's part of why I wanted to do this podcast in the first place is like, let's lift the veil. Like let's show people that, you know, the hustle is real, the struggle is real and you can make it work, but you, you gotta, you gotta set yourself up for success. You can't just, you can't just hope for the best. You can't just cut your parachute and hope it's going to work out. Cause that's, that's, I don't know anyone for whom that has worked. Yeah. 100% 100% I really like that metaphor as well it's it's uh really resonated with me 
Uh, and I think that's also, it's, it is a jungle out there. It's getting more saturated, more competitive, and it's really hard to get out there too. And it's, at some point, you also need to start uh, kind of selecting your clients uh, after the kind of work that you want to put out there. And um, I actually have this, I had this conversation with a, a friend of mine, uh, Pei Ketron, who's a local photographer. She's, she's amazing. Uh, and we were talking about how you choose your clients and who you choose to work, work with. And uh, I've uh, pretty much copied her approach and adjusted it to, to what resonated with me. But what I think about it's, uh, first of all, I think about who the client is, who the pro what the project is, and what the, the budget is. So those are the three pain points for me when I'm considering a new product. So if someone's reaching out to me, I'm looking at who's reaching out, what's the brand, what's the client here, do I want to work with them? Uh, is this a client that I feel comfortable representing in my work? What's the product? Is this a project that I feel has portfolio potential or is interesting to me? Am I going to grow out of this? Am I going to be able to work with people I'm inspired by? Am I going to learn something through this process or get challenged in some way? Or, I mean, it could be things like the location or whatever it is as well. And then the third thing is obviously if they're they can pay the rates that I'm asking for. And if I get two out of these three, then 90% of the time I'll take the project. If the client is amazing, the project is really exciting and I, I'm gonna get to work with some really cool people, I don't mind going down in, in the salary I would make out of this project. And then again, like if, if uh, the product isn't that exciting, but the client is really promising and have some exciting products on the pipeline and they, they still can pay my rates. Sure, like it's not gonna be the most exciting shoot, but I'll, I'll do it because it still uh, fits two out of those three boxes. Sure. So that's kind of like how I think about when I dive into a project. And, and if it doesn't make sense, I'm, I'm also a big advocate of always staying professional. And like, even if people are communicating weirdly to you or anything like always just keep your doors open respond politely be be a good human being about it and yeah. always leave the doors open if they can't afford you or if it doesn't make sense this time or timing doesn't work out just always ask them to just keep you in mind for future projects and and I've had dozens of times where I've had people reach back out to me later with a bigger budget or a project that actually made sense for the kind of photography that I do. Uh, and it's, it's awesome. That's so great. I love that you have, you have that sort of mental checklist. I think that that's, that's a really valuable tool for people to have. Um, that's great. <laughs> so I want to hear, like, did you have a big break? Like what happened? Like, how did you, how did you get to a point where you have this like super cool, sexy job? You have this like super skillful eye. You, you know, you're sponsored. You're like, did you have a big break or did, was this like long, like how, tell me. Honestly, it's been, uh, it's been a long process. Like I think, I mean, everything is, uh, is relative, right? Like I've, I've definitely moved faster than some people, but I, I don't feel like I've had 
like a moment where where it was like now I've made it. I, I mean, I still feel like I'm, it's really flattering hearing these things, but I'm I'm still in the process of figuring things out myself. Uh, I've had over twenty five different jobs. I think uh, I became a full time photographer. I believe three three and a half years ago and uh, started directing maybe two years ago and now I do a combination of those two uh, full-time but there's so many other challenges out there so I'm still like my projects and uh, the fun projects are getting getting uh, bigger and, and more in quantity but in the same time I'm also challenging myself to do other things as well so uh, yeah, like this nonprofit uh, was a different challenge that I started now uh, a year and a half ago, and we're producing events and putting together art galleries and doing other things, and that's things that I never thought I would would work on either. So, uh, it's a uh, slow way of saying that I, I I don't identify by being a certain type of creative or a certain type of profession I don't identify as a photographer or a director I I like the fluidity of being able to accept that you can do all these things and they're all kind of fueling each other all around so whether it's curating an art gallery or producing a music show or some events or working on a commercial client for for a bank or or whatever it is like there's exciting projects and there's less exciting things but it's all kind of like going hand in hand and making me more well-rounded as a creative I think I love that so much and I think I needed to hear that too because I'm always something I think about a lot is like pigeonholing myself like how can I really have so many things that I want to do and like how can I really be good at like five different things but like you can it can be done um, it's just a matter of, you know, what you present when and to whom. And I think that there are more and more people um, in the in the younger generations who are coming up as multipreneurs. These are people who have a lot of skills, a lot of talents, a lot of passions, and they're just trying to figure out how and when to flex them and how to package them and what to call themselves um, and how to make a career out of their creativity. And a lot of people are doing it, and it's super, super cool to see. And I think, um, I just think there's so much opportunity out there. And I love how you've, how you continue to grow and evolve, and how that's such a part of, like that's at the forefront for you. I want to hear about your 10-year goals. Like, where do you see yourself in 10 years? So, like, you already told me, like, you haven't had your big break. Like, you're still working, you're hustling, you're, you're, you're evolving every day. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? That's a good question. Uh, that's a really good question. Uh, I'm very much... If something came up and I had a, an exciting opportunity to leave the country and do something completely different that just resonated with me and I feel like I could grow out of. Like, I would very much so jump at those opportunities. And I I have in the past. So 10 years is a long time. Uh, but I would very much like to, to work on more long-form narrative storytelling pieces. I, uh, 
the way I started in this space in the first place was that I was running around with a DSLR myself, one man team shooting these short documentaries on kind of philanthropy and in different ways of, yeah, I just like found these stories to tell and I was just capturing everything myself and uh, some never saw the light of day and some uh, did fairly well and, uh, but it was, it was a good exercise and it was a cool way of practicing storytelling. And I kind of want to take the skills and tools and relationships and everything that I've built now through telling similar stories, but for brands to kind of go back to what I did in the first place. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, it would be amazing to shoot some, uh, uh, some documentaries again and get back into to that space because that's, that's, I think, where it all, all kind of started for me. Hmm. Let's talk. Yeah. Because that's, that's my 10, that's, that's, <laughs> that's a piece of my 10 years too. Great. Um, so, you know, do you have any regrets? Like, I know that you, you know, you follow your gut, you are willing to say no to projects. Like, was there any project that you did and you were like, oh man, I really should have said no. Or anything that you said no to and you said, oh man, I really should have said yes. Or like any big regrets? in your career? It's a good question and I would have answered very differently just a year and a half ago, I think. Um, but I think now for for the first time in the past year or so, I can confidently say that I don't regret any decisions. Like I feel like I've finally come to terms with authentically feeling that I've learned something by everything that's happened i i don't think there's the right or the wrong decisions that you make you make a decision and then it's your uh outlook on what happens from there that kind of decides how successful you are and and what makes it a successful decision but as long as like everyone's making decisions and doing things that maybe aren't serving them as well as you would have hoped for. But as long as you acknowledge that and take something away from it, I feel, it sounds super cheesy, but I, I truly believe that everything you make is an opportunity to, to kind of grow further and, and become a more insightful person because of that. And uh, yeah, sometimes you have to learn by your mistakes and that's just part of the process. Totally, totally. I sometimes think that you can learn as much from your, you, you learn more from your mistakes than you do from success. Like 100%. People, people, you know, you, that's how you grow. That's how we grow. It's like, that's how muscles are built. You tear them down to build them up. That's how the forest evolves. It's like a decaying tree, like grows the next one. It's the same for us. Exactly. So I want to hear what you love the most about your work. And I want to hear what you love the least about your work. Ooh, and I'll say work like everything that you do to make money. So all the production stuff, all the direction, all the photography. Totally. I really like being surrounded by inspiring people and kind of allowing myself to just be like a sponge and absorb uh, like what I did when I was at Yeah Field Trip now in Marfa and just being surrounded by other people in similar positions like me but all over the, the world 
that do their own things and we have so much to learn from each other and uh and it's really cool that I find myself in such a collaborative space where people like to share insights and work, lift each other up to be better. Uh, and the same thing in the agency, like I'm working with so many talented people and on productions, getting to work with some amazing minds that I'm le just learning so much about. So I, I would say that's the, that's the main... Uh, that's what you like the most? Yeah, that's what I like the most. What is the most difficult? What do you like the least? What is the most frustrating, most difficult, most disheartening thing about this type of work? Hmm. Um, that's a good question. I mean, I think like what's the most, like what one thing that's annoying or obviously a little bit difficult working in advertising or with production is that at the end of the day, it's not your it's more frustrating than anything else sometimes, I think, that you're not making the final call on, on decisions. So you you might be on a very different agenda than your clients and uh, working with them and finding that middle ground can be very difficult. And at the end of the day, it is their project and you kind of have to, uh, to step back at some point and... Uh, and it's fine. I mean, I, I've kind of come to terms with that as well. Um, I mean, I think, yeah, I think that's probably the, the most frustrating element sometimes where you have to kind of let go of the creative control and kind of step back. I, li I like to, to feel in control of, of projects and where things are going. And, uh, but, but that's also why you have other outlets. That's also why I like to get outdoors and work on personal work or shoot on shoot some passion project that I've been wanting to do and it, it's it all kind of balances each other out mm -hmm. well I appreciate your honesty and, and you're not the first person who has who, ha who has said that um, you know almost every single editor that I've ever worked with in the editing process it's this like this like both of us with our heads down and I'm like representing the client and they're representing the art and we're like the client's always right but the art <laughs> like the client is always right but totally. the art and like I think that that's you know when you have a good team and you have a good dynamic like that's where the beauty comes is like in that in those head-to-head -head moments and then like you know the client doesn't always know what they need totally it's our job to get them there 100 percent um but, you know, also the editor doesn't always, or like the creative director doesn't always know what's going to best serve the client. So it's like this constant dance. And, you know, the benefit is if you are working with great people and you have picked your clients well, um, you know, even though you'll have to release some of that control, um, you'll still be happy with the end product because it's 75% exactly as you'd want it to be. Totally. And that's better than not having done it at all. Absolutely. And I think it's also important to always try to put yourself in the, the shoes of the, the other side as well. I think it's it's easy to look past the fact that a client also has pressure on delivering things. Like on the metric side, it's a lot more driven by performances and, and click-through rates and yeah. media buys and, and all these things. And 
I feel like since I've worked as a strategist and in that side of things and can communicate with my clients on that level as well, that less so than than before I understand their side and they see that I understand that and we can find a happy medium and uh, still make cool work that also performs and lives up to their standards. For sure, for sure. So I have one last question for you. Cool. Which is a little esoteric, but I'm going to ask it anyway. You know, I want to hear from your perspective, what is the meaning of life? Ooh. As a creative, as an artist, and as a human on the earth, Hmm. what is the meaning of life? (laughs) It's a big one. What is it? 42, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Um, I think 47. Is it? Yeah, I think it's 47. That's what my dad always said. I would ask him a question and he'd say 47. (laughs) Um, I mean, that's kind of... I mean, it's kind of funny. Have you read The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? So... I always thought it was 42, but maybe I'm wrong, but at, we'll at, at, the ver- uh, at least Douglas Adams, the author, like there's all these, these uh, uh, rumors about what that actually means. And I found this uh, theory that I don't care if it's right or wrong because I'm, I'm going to believe in it because I think it's cool that, and I... I'm going to be wrong about this because I don't know code that well, but in there's one language of code where 42 is the number that is used as a placeholder in code. So until it's been defined, it means whatever you want it to mean. So it's this, this whole like trippy thing about, uh, now people are going to be super confused if they haven't read this book. Uh, Everyone go out and read this book. Exactly. Uh, but I think it's so individual and there is no meaning to life. I mean, like, is it to kind of live paycheck to paycheck until you die and then that that's it? Or is it kind of getting as much money as you can and or whatever? Like, I, I don't think... There's any rights or wrongs there either. I think there's there's a lot of different ways to uh, to do it, but the main part is kind of enjoying the journey and and being able to be present. I mean, my personal philosophy is that the more I live in the presence and and stay stay here in the in the now. Uh, the more fulfilled I will feel. So something that I feel a lot of people struggle with is that they spend so much time either regretting the past, regretting mistakes or or things that they've done or things they said uh, that they can't focus on living here or on the other side, they're worrying about the future and what's going to happen tomorrow and if what if this thing happens then this is gonna ruin this this thing or and I think sure you need to to understand the risks around you and and plan for for it I mean survival instincts right but in the same time it's so important to just see where you are right now and kind of being able to enjoy the process and if you're 
a creative working in the space and you hate shooting headshots, but you feel like that's the right way of you to be able to call yourself a professional photographer so that down the line, maybe you'll be able to work on your dream client or you'll be able to work as a photojournalist or whatever it is you're, you're striving for, then find those ways to enjoy your time doing that or find another way of making income that gets you closer to where you want to be because if you don't enjoy yourself and all you do is look forward thinking that in two years, maybe in three years, I'll be able to save up money or I'll be able to do this, uh, then I think it's you're, you're wasting time because when those two years have passed, like chances are that you're, you're still gonna be chasing something different and, uh, and kind of living, living somewhere else but right here. Amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you for making time. Thank you for sharing. So good. Awesome. Anytime. You've been listening to This Guy's Legit. This episode was produced by me, Rachel Dorsey, with editing by Drew Dorsey and original music by Taylor Joshua Rankin. This Guy's Legit is executive produced by Boningold. If you like what you heard, hit subscribe to get the next episode automatically. And if you really like what you heard, leave a review. And follow us on Instagram at This Guy's Legit. <laughs>